0: Good morning. My name is Steve McConnell. I'm one of the pastors here at Church of the Palms. It's my joy to welcome you to this contemporary worship service coming to you from Sarasota, Florida. We are glad and so uh, delighted that you allow us into your home on a Sunday morning or a Sunday afternoon or a Wednesday evening to worship and to allow us to bring to you the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're grateful for the most recent opportunities we've had to come into your homes. We've uh, instituted just this past week our sermon discussion Zoom gathering. So on Mondays at 10 a.m. you can join us uh, by signing up on the uh, website to uh, be with us in a sermon discussion time. Uh, we had a good group this past uh, Monday and we look forward to another good group this coming Monday. So go on our website, uh, register to be in attendance at that and you will have a great opportunity to discuss Uh, This week's sermon with Pastor Mingi. And then on Friday at noon, there's another opportunity, and we've already tried this as well. A great discussion was had around our Gospel of Mark readings. And we've been reflecting on the different stories that have been reading throughout the course of the week. And it's a great time for us just to take that uh, reading a step further and to have a chance with one of our Uh, our leadership team to uh, share with others the opportunities that we have to learn about what Jesus Christ is up to in our lives. So that's Friday at noon, and you can register also on our website. And then on July the 20th, we'll be inviting people to a Zoom discussion on a book that we're all reading together as a congregation called Strength to Love by Martin Luther King Jr., a collection of his sermons. we know it's a little difficult to find a copy of it. Some of you have been able to find it. Some of you have gone on YouTube to find uh, some versions of it. Some of you have actually gone to listen to Dr. King's sermons uh, that have been recorded. But in whatever form or fashion, we certainly hope you'll come and join us July the 20th uh, for that discussion as we wonder about how Christ is leading us to become more of a witness in this uh, racially fractured world. We are uh, in a particular period of need when it comes to our food pantry. Uh, Our food pantry is ebbing and flowing with all the different uh, circumstances and events that are going on with this virus and volunteers and the amounts of food that we're able to produce and, and be able to deliver. But we uh, have right now a fairly critical need when it comes to volunteers, and we could use your help, especially those who are well able to be outside and putting food into people's cars. We could really use your help. Uh, We have, uh, as as I said, with the ebb and flow of this ministry, we've lost a a portion of our volunteers, so we could use some more. If you'd like to learn more, call the church office, but also go to our website where there is a sign-up sheet, and uh, it tells you specifically what we need and how you might be able to help us. And of course we're in our summer months so our uh, needs for financial resources continue to be very strong. We can use your help in any way possible. We are grateful for how you have been supporting us throughout this time but we look forward to your continued faithfulness in this period of time. You'll see all the giving options on your screen and we encourage you to find ways by which you can support us financially and of course in your prayers as we seek to be a light the light of Christ in this world. So now let us continue to worship God.
1: Bless the Lord of oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. See, like name Worship his home.
0: So good to have back a familiar face in Bob so welcome back to our worship we're grateful for your leadership and to Paul a new face for us good to have you with us as well so we're blessed to have this great team leading us in worship now is our prayer time where we take the opportunity to come before the Lord and to ask of the Lord God's presence and God's healing and God's movement in our life We uh, encourage you as always to make sure to pass on your prayer concerns to Lori Haas and you can reach her at lhaas at churchofthepalms.org and that way uh, we can find out how we can be praying for you. One particular concern we want to list before the whole Church of the Palms family uh, is uh, our dear friends the Hedgepeths, Bruce and Cindy Hedgepath. Bruce, of course, was our former associate pastor and our present mission partner here at Church of the Palms and uh, was leader of the contemporary service uh, for many years. Their 29-year-old son, Will, a year or so ago, was diagnosed with a very, very serious cancer and has been receiving treatment over this past year. And this past weekend after surgery, Will came home to begin receiving hospice care here at his parents' home in Sarasota. So we want to keep all of the hedge pests, especially Will, in our prayers as they go through this very uh, difficult time. So with that in mind, let us go to God with our prayer. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, how thankful we are that you are gracious and loving. How thankful we are that we can come to you in a moment and a season like this and know that we will be met with your gracious gaze and your loving embrace. How thankful we are that we have someone to turn to you when we feel like we have nowhere else to go. How thankful we are that We are never alone. Gracious God, we're tired. We've been trying our hardest to adjust to a new reality and we're tired of adjusting. We want things back to normal. We're tired of looking at graphs and spikes and masks and zooms and six-foot distance markers. We just want to be done with it. We want to go back. We don't wanna be in the wilderness anymore. So Lord, we pray that you will remind us especially of your presence in these times as we go through such uncertainty. We pray for those who are not only tired, but are sick and tired. Some who are sick and tired from the ailments of their mind and body, those who are fighting off overwhelming foes, COVID-19, cancer, depression, aging bodies. We pray for those sick and tired of injustice, those who want to be treated as nothing more than your children whom you love. We pray for those sick and tired of being alone with little chance to touch your world or to let the world touch them. And we pray for those who are sick and tired of putting their dreams on hold while this virus runs its course. O God, give us presence of mind and direction of spirit to find ways to come alongside those who are sick and tired, that they too, through our voices, our notes, our pictures, our smiles, that they too may be comforted and strengthened for the journey ahead. Come unto me, Jesus said, all of you who labor and are heavenly burdened, and I'll give you rest. Oh, God, we want rest. We are tired and we want to rest in you and your loving embrace, receiving your gracious gaze. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'd like to invite Sarah Soboleski to come forward to read our scripture.
2: Good morning. The first reading uh, today comes to us from the Old Testament, from Joel, the second chapter, beginning at the twelfth verse. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful Sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even the infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. And the second reading comes to us from the New Testament from the Gospel of Matthew, the sixth chapter beginning at the first verse. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whether you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. And whenever you pray, Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in who your father sees in secret, will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: Thank you, Sarah. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God and our Redeemer. Amen. In our summer sermon series on living well, we are exploring great spiritual disciplines. All of life, to me, is a journey And in this journey, we seek the grace, presence, and love of God. Spiritual disciplines help us find the right path to walk and the right wisdom to follow to be in loving relationship with God. The spiritual disciplines reveal obstacles that might trip us, and they strengthen our faith for times of testing and trial. Spiritual disciplines also helps us to find our way to God. The spiritual disciplines to me, or rather to live well to me, means living in a loving and grace-filled relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it means we are to be God's love and grace to others. This week, we are looking at the spiritual discipline of fasting. I would like to invite you to come with me on an imaginary trip to my seminary life in Bishop's College in Calcutta, India. This is one of my favorite stops on the journey of life. This is an Anglican seminary, and it is a very well-disciplined place. The students before my time even wore a cassock all day, every day. The seminary has a set Christian monastery-like rhythm. We worship four times a day, starting with morning worship at 6.45 a.m. with communion, followed by breakfast, and classes are held between 8 a.m. and 12 noon. Midday intercessory prayer is at noon, promptly, and lunch and joyful noise follow. Lunch usually ends, rather, in a very peculiar sort of way. One of us would bang on the table, or even stand on the table or bench, and shouts for the food and the fellowship we have received, bless the Lord. And the rest of us would make all kinds of noises with our eating utensils in our hands and say, Thanks be to God. Truly, we practice Psalm 100, verse 1, making joyful noise. Free time for quiet, restful naps, field work, and studying follow lunch. Evening worship is at 6.45 p.m., followed by dinner, study, and we end the day with nighttime prayer led by students at 9 p.m., after which we are to be quiet, study, meditate, and sleep. The four times of worship are the rhythm of the life every weekday. We follow a prayer book for each service along with the same Bible and hymnal for all services. We sit in designated spots or places or little mats on the floor, no pews or chairs. Professors take turns leading, the stu- leading and the students get to be liturgists. On Sundays, we go to local churches for worship, and Saturdays, we gather at the chapel and do all kinds of cleaning and ending it with noontime intercessory prayer. Everything else in life falls around worship every day. The set rhythm of life there is not open to much of change, but it is completely open to happiness. I love this place and the discipline and rhythm of daily life. Each semester begins with a three-day silent retreat, a fast from talking. No talking for three days. We are not allowed to fast from food, though. Professors wait on us at tables, making sure we eat three meals a day without talking. We do fast from talking. Even to say, please pass the water or thank you, is not allowed. We also fast from interacting with one another, including sports. And we fast from studying. Rather than reading our regular school books, we actually each pick out a spirituality kind of books, and then we read those books and take notes on what we read. I love how I become calmer as the retreat goes on, how I hear the sound of the world and myself and the small, still voice of God. This is not to mention how much less anxious I am as the retreat progress and how physically restored I feel. Now, thanks for coming along with me to visit my seminary and we return to Sarasota, Florida now. Dr. James Bryan Smith, in his book, The Good and Beautiful Life, talks about how we can fast from anything. He actually urges us to fast from media. I believe God's relationship with us is built on God's love and grace. As Reformed Christians, we know the abundance and generosity of God's love and grace is given to us for free at all times. All we do in worship and gospel sharing and serving and loving God and others is what we get to do in response to God's love, and grace already given to us for free. As with many other religions, fasting has a long history and the Judeo-Christian tradition, however. The prophet Joel calls us as the people of God to do fasting. He encourages us to confession and fast as a way of turning back to God. According to Prophet Joel, fasting helps us show God the genuineness of our repentance from sin. Jesus never commands us to do fasting though. If we do fast, says Jesus, we should do it privately and not to show or to impress or to to intimidate others. It needs to be done in secret for only God to see and know. Personally, I'm very fond of following various disciplines. They keep me out of trouble most of the time. I believe that spiritual disciplines are gifts in themselves. Our inclination and ability to follow them is also a gift. Each of us are given different gifts of spiritual discipline. One of the gifts I recognize but which I am not gifted, is the spiritual discipline of fasting from food. Think of it, not eating, deliberately not eating, for hours or days or weeks. Not eating? How could that be good for me? I love food, I love cooking, I love to take pictures of the food I cook, and I love cooking for other people and feeding them, and I love eating what I cook. My husband, Will, accuses me of loving to eat what I cook more than anything else. Well, I am in church, I can't deny it. There are many kinds of fasting, however. Fasting for today's everyday life does not exclusively mean not eating. Thanks be to God for that. However, fasting as Richard Foster defines in his book, The Celebration of Disciplines, is choosing not to eat in order to receive spiritual benefits. Foster suggests that there are many benefits of fasting. He says, fasting clears our minds of human thoughts and desires, so we can hear God clearer. Fasting counters all types of human overindulgence. Fasting can be for less than a day and repeated more than once a week. My friend Finau, a Methodist pastor in Tonga, island of Tonga, does not eat every Wednesday until sundown. Finau spends Wednesday each week for praying and eats only after the sun sets. Two friends have urged me, for over a year now to fast from 8 p.m. to 12 noon the next day. They call it a 16 hours fasting. I tried this past week because I'm going to be preaching about fasting. I did not last the fast. But I did last for five days. I'm very proud of it. Now back to Richard Foster who said, Fasting lets us relate with people of other faiths that practice fasting. Fasting leads us to reflect on Christ's suffering and the the suffering of the hungry and the poor. Fasting helps us to be more content with what we already have, and fasting gives us understanding that in the end, it is not food that sustains us in life, but God's love, nurture, and grace and care. Marjorie Thompson, who is a Presbyterian minister and an author also said in her book called Soul Feast, the very idea of intentionally being without food for even a day may threaten some of the unconscious assumptions on which our lives are built. She went on saying, in a more tangible way than any other spiritual discipline, fasting reveals our excessive attachments and the assumptions that lie behind them. Food is necessary to life, but we have made it more necessary than God. Marjorie Thompson would tell us that if we make fasting more necessary than God, we lose the primary benefit of fasting. Fasting is supposed to turn our focus to God, who is our heart's true desire and our soul's redemption. At various points of my youth, I have intentionally fasted as a spiritual discipline. On those occasions, I found fasting very helpful. I have also led youth group in a 35-hour fasting, and they found it helpful as well, although they would not repeat it more than once a year. Their modern-day fast from TV, from social media, from computers, and even from cell phones. Now, fasting from cell phone is a little going too far for me. How would I live without my cell phone? John the Baptist's disciples had a question for Jesus. Why did Jesus' disciples not fast? Jesus indicated, this was in John, the gospel according to John chapter 3, verse 28 and 29. Jesus indicated there are appropriate times to fast and appropriate time to feast. Now we're talking the spiritual discipline in which I am truly gifted, feasting. It's a good thing, it's in the Bible. A final word of caution from Richard Foster, do not fast from eating if you are a diabetic, have a heart condition, are pregnant, or have any other life-threatening illness. Check with the doctor, especially before a long fast. To me, the important questions are that which spiritual disciplines bring us to a deep and meaningful relationship with God? Which disciples, which disciplines tell us that we are invited to live God's love for others? And which disciplines help us find balance in life, loving God and loving neighbors? God provides a feast of possible spiritual disciplines for each and every one of us today. Let us seek those that are best for us. But remember, our goal is not to master the spiritual discipline. It is not a competition. We will not get points for perfection. The goal is to find balance in life in order to grow closer to God, to love God, and enjoy God forever, which is the chief end of humankind. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we are so grateful to know that you are always with us and you provided us with many ways to have spiritual discipline, to strengthen our bond with you and to strengthen our health and to strengthen our bond with our fellow human beings who are your children indeed. We thank you knowing that you will continue to guide our feet, our feet and our mind and our hearts. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. peace and say blessed be your name to god we do get to bless god i learned that at bishop's college calcutta long ago in my youth so we get to bless god back as god blesses us every day now may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be each and every one of you now and always amen